Shalom, Today's daf discusses the difference between selling a slave versus selling karka, and we go through a number of cases discussing when various types of sales would be included in the knas that we make the owner free his slave. And what happens if the eved is captured? Is he allowed to accept money for that eved? And in Amma we discuss whether we superimpose that knas on this person's children to redeem the eved that their father sold. The Gemara begins by asking, what happens if someone lends money to a, a goy using the eved as payment when the time comes? The Gemara says that when the goy does nimusoi on this slave, then he's 100% free. And the uh, original owner has to give him a get shekher. So what's nimusoi? Ravuna says it means putting an identifying mark on on the slave. They would put some sort of a necklace on him to show that he's now property of the the oivit kuchavim. Rav Shesha asks that an oris, a sharecropper, someone who works, for, a Jew working for a guy, giving the guy a percentage of the crop, or Chakirois, that's someone who sets a price to keep all the produce of the field from the guy, or someone who's an artist for goy for goyim. Traditionally, his father was a, was an artist for him, for his father and his father before him. Or if a guy borrows money from a Jew using this field as a mashkain, but there we also use a lashon of, of a nemusoi that if. Even if the Jew does this nimusoi on the field, the field is still potter from miser. Now, he's not putting some identifying slave mark on a field. So, rather, if Shesha says, nimusoi means to put his man on it. Okay, so we still have a stira. How come over there, by the karka, his man wasn't enough to make it the Jew's field, but his man would work to make this slave property of the goy that the knas would take effect that's considered a mechira but the gemara says well it's not a kasha from there you're right that there's different halachas when the time had arrived then it's considered a mechira then we've that was the case of the evid when the jew is knas the case by the field he's potter for meiser because the time had not yet arrived so the Mechira didn't work. The Gemara says, okay, well, what's the Chiddush by the case of the Eved if we're talking about Zaman? Of course the Mechira works. You set a time when the loan is going to be paid back with this Eved. Of course it's going to be trans, uh, a transaction when this man arrives. So we have two answers. Either we're talking about when this man didn't yet arrive. There's a difference between an Eved and the field, because by the Eved, he's giving over the actual goof of the Eved, as opposed to by the Karka, just giving over the fruits. We're talking about the miser of the field. Or a second answer, that by the Eved, the loan was given Al-Manas, rather the field was loaned Al-Manas. If the guy can't pay back the Jew, then he gets to keep, the, the Jew gets the field in lieu of payment. So by the Eved, the Knas is going to kick in. Since the Eved is able to take him, since he has that ability, at the time of the Mechira, we already we Knas the Yisrael.
Bayil Karka, he's still going to be potter for Meiser. Even if the Jew takes it, because it's still Becheskas to the Goy. Now the Gemara offers us another scenario. Let's see if we're going to knas the Jew for freeing his slave, right? Because we said in the Mishnah yesterday, if he frees a slave or sells him to Israel, we knas the original owner and make him free the slave. So what happens if he pays his debt with the slave? Or if some strong men, some bullies came, took the Evid from him in lieu of payment. Here, the Jew, the original owner, does not need to make him free. We, are, we aren't coinous him. The Gemara says, whoa, if he paid him, if he used the, the Evid to pay back a loan, he doesn't get a knas. We learned that if the king comes and takes away someone's produce, if he actually owed it to the king, then he's chayv to take off Meiser. But if he's taking a loss, then they're just, you know, it's a corrupt government, then he's potter for Meiser. How come when the slave is taken forcibly, he doesn't get a knas? It's not considered a sale, but by Meiser it is considered a sale, and he's chayv to take off Meiser. The more answers that by the, by the produce, since he's going to be saving money on the Meister that he doesn't need to take off, he's, since he's gaining something, that's why we're misaking that he should take off Meister from it. But in the Hanami, same as Evid. Next, the Gemara asks from Rav, if someone sells his Evid to someone who's blackmailing him, a guy, so we, we give a knas to that Jew for selling the guy, the Evid to the guy. Even though it's an oines, you see that we still are koines, the seller. The Gemara answers, he had to be Mephias, this blackmailer. He had no choice. That's why it's an oines. But he could have been Mephias him with something else. He didn't need to give the Eved to him. Since he chose to bring to give the Eved, we give him a knas and we make him free him halachically. Give him get shechwer. And Rev spells this out. He says that since he could have been Mephias him, appeased him some other way. Since he gave him the slave instead, he we, we, we give him a knas that he has to free the slave. Next, of Yirmiya asks, what happens if someone sells a slave but only for 30 days? Do we still give him a knas and make him free him? Mara brings from Marav that if someone sells a slave to the blackmailer, the guy, we set him free. So we do give him a knas. Yeah, but the Gemara says that's not a right because when he gives him to the blackmailer, he's selling him permanently over here. It's only for 30 days. Maybe that's different. Maybe that's not enough for us to class him. What happens if he sells his slave, but on condition that he doesn't need to work, he doesn't need to be over, over any avarice in his avoida, he's, he's just being sold to marry a shifcha, or he sells him out tonight that he could keep doing mitzvahs like, a, like an isha, or that he doesn't need to work on Shabbos Nyamtiv. What happens if he sells it to Gary Toyshev or Yisrael Mumor or to Akuti? Do we give him a knas in those cases? Mumor at least answers some of them. He says, by Gary Toyshev, he has the din of a guy, so there would be a knas. Akuti and Yisrael Mumor, they have the din of a guy or a Jew, depending on who you hold like. Well, I guess. Next, the Gemara asks, what happens if the army comes and hops someone's Eved? The master has no way of getting him out. Not in Jewish courts, non-Jewish courts. Can he accept money from the from the army for his slave, or would that be like selling him and I'll get a knas? So if Yimriya tells Rabzrika, 
go out to the Mechultas, try to find an answer for this. So he came back with a b'risa that says that if someone sells his house in Eretz roll to a guy, which you're not allowed to do, the value, the money that he gets for that house is Osir. The guy forces a Jew's house away from him, and there's no way for the Jewish owner to get it back in Jewish or non-Jewish courts, then he's allowed to accept payment for his house in Eretz Yisrael. In fact, he could even legalize the ownership to the guy because he's just trying to just get the money from him. He forced it from him. It sounds like a raya that he would be allowed to accept money for his slave from the army. But the Gemara says, maybe not. Maybe a house. Yeah, I can't live without a house. So that's not something he would have sold. So when it was forced away from him, it was mamish forced. But an Eved, you could live without an Eved. So maybe Army wasn't really stealing it from him. He was ready to sell him anyways. When the Shaila came to have Ami, he said they should announce in all of Klai Yisrael from Ami by Noson that if an Eved is stolen by the army, no way for his master to get him back. He is allowed to accept money for him and even legalize it. Because he's being man, sell me on them. Next, Rabbi Shuman Levi tells us if someone sells a slave to a goy, we knas him even a hundred times to get back that evid from the goy. The Gemara says, wait, really a hundred times? Well, Rishlaka says, if someone sells his animal, behemagasa to a goy, which one it shouldn't do because maybe the goy is going to do malach with it on Shabbos. Other reasons also. We knas him ten times. So he gets love, dafka, ten times, a hundred times. The Gemara says, no, well, maybe an Evid is worse because every day this Evid is not able to do mitzvahs. You don't have that chumrah by selling by him a gasa. Shuman Levi says the opposite, that selling a slave, we can ask him ten times, and when we're trying to figure out whether it's dafka or lav dafka, we bring Rosh says that you can ask someone who sells by him a gasa a hundred times. Flip it around and say, oh, maybe an Evid Taka gonna gonna knas him less because he's already getting punished because the master's never getting his slave back. You have a knas that he has to free him. The the behemagasa he could get back afterwards. He could buy it back. So maybe that's why the eved is getting knas less being sold. Gemara answers that an eved is something which is less common to sell to goyim. So that's why the rabbanon will put a smaller gezerah, only ten knasos on him. As opposed to an animal, which is far more common. Maybe that's why they dafka have 100. So the numbers 10 and 100 are actually dafka. Those are how many knossos we give for these seals. Rabbi Yemriya asks Rabbi Asi, what happens if someone sells a slave and then he dies? So if he was alive, we would force him to, to free his slave, give the, the slave a star shikhr. Do we now force the children of this individual to free the slave? Does the knas get passed on? Try to bring a raya from someone who puts a mum into his animal. And normally one wouldn't do that. But for a bachar, that's a loophole that he wouldn't have to give it to the kayan. So if you want to bring a raya from, from someone who does put a mum in his bachar animal. And then when he dies, so over there we do pass on the knas to his children. But that's because he's being over in a rice over here. Selling an evidence only in a bonon. Maybe we wouldn't transfer the pass on the knas. You, you want to try to bring a riot from someone who plans on doing malacha on cholamoid, and then he dies. So there's a knas for planning to do a, a malacha on cholamoid. But there, we don't knas the children, but maybe 
That's because he never actually did any malacha on Cholamoid. But what's the halacha with this guy who sold a slave? Is the knas on him and he died, so we wouldn't pass it to the children? Or is the knas on the money that he got for the sale of the slave and now that was yarshan by the children, so we'll knas them? So the Gemara brings in an answer, Araya from Hilchas Shemitah. If someone dethorns, takes away the thorns from his field, which is in the Sudera Bonan on Shemitah, seventh year, he's still allowed to plant his field Motsoi Shvius on the eighth year. But if he did one of these Surya Raisos, the Taiva and the Daira, then he's not allowed to plant at Motsoi Shvius. And if you read Chanin, it says, if someone does one of these Surya Raisos in his field, on Shemitah, and then he dies, his child is still allowed to plant in that field, Matsoya Shviyas. So that knas of him not being allowed to plant Matsoya Shviyas does not pass on to the, to the children. That the knas is on the individual, not on that person's children. So if someone, Lamaisa, sells his slave, the knas is only on him, not on his children if he were to die. Next, Abaye tells us, if someone is metame the Torah food of his friend, and then he dies, again, the Rabbonon do not knas his children. Why? Over here, the reason is because it's a hezek she'ener nicker. He was just metame It's not a recognizable damage. And that's not considered a hezek. Knas is on that person himself who did this wrong. But there's no hezek she'nik that was, that was recognizable. Knas was not put on. That's not going to be transferred to his children. The other thing that someone can do to a Zevit that will earn him a knas, that he would have to free him, number one we said was selling him to a goy. Number two we said selling him to chutzlaret. Like the Tosis would explain that you're stealing his ability to be mekayim the mitzvahs at tulius ba'aretz. Now the Gemara tells us that if someone sells his slave into chutzlaret, that slave now goes free, it's a knas, and he requires to get shechror from his new Master, from master number two in Chutzlaretz, even though the Iker Isser is from the first master who sold him, but the second master has to set him free. If Shimon Ben Gamliel says, sometimes he goes free, sometimes he doesn't. What do you mean? The seal was formulated by saying, Ruvain says, I'm selling my field to this Antoichi. Which means someone from Antochia. They're referred to as Antuchis. Antuchis. And so, in, with that formulation, his slave will not go free. But if he says that I'm, I'm selling my, my slave to Antuchi that's in Antuchi or in Chutzlaret, out of the location in Chutzlaret, his Evid will go free. The commerce says, really? But we learned the Brysa, the opposite in the Brysa. If someone sells his slave to Antuchi, his Yoitza, meaning we're going to cross him that he has to free his slave, Unless he specifically says, I'm selling it to Antuchi who lives in Lud. So the Gemara says it really depends on the status of Antuchi and the guy who he's selling it to, the second master. If he has a house in Eretz Israel, then the sale wasn't to someone who's in Chutzlaretz. But if the person doesn't have a home in Eretz Israel, just visiting, then it's going to be a sale to a Chutznik and they're going to have to free the slave as a knas. Next, Yemiyah asks, if a Ben Bavel, someone from Chutzlaretz, is marrying a woman from Eretz Israel, 
And this woman is bringing to the marriage Avodim and Shvachos. And their plan is to bring these Avodim and Shvachos back to Chutzlaret. So do we can ask them that they have to free these slaves? So there's actually a Machoikas what the din is with these slaves that she brings into the marriage. When they... When this marriage ends, whether dodge or there's a divorce, does she get the items themselves, in this case the slaves themselves, or does she get just get the value of them? If you hold that she just get, that she gets the actual items, she's from Eretz role, so there is really slaves. So you have no issue of bringing these slaves, selling them to her husband who's from Chutzlaret. That's one side. On the other hand, everything they produce is now mishubed to her husband, who's in Chutzlaretz. Maybe that's considered a sale to Chutzlaretz, and they'd have to free him. According to the other Mandamaro holds that she only gets the value of them, though maybe they have a din of being sold to a, a Chutznik, and they would have to, they'd have a class that have to free the slaves. On the other hand, maybe, even if you hold that they're hit, then they now belong to the husband, and he'll just have to give her back the value. Since he wasn't coined at their guf, only their pay raise, maybe they're still considered hers, and they're still in some way based in Eretz Yisrael, and there wouldn't be a knas on them. That the Gemara leaves at the teku. And give us all of our answers very soon. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.